Welcome to the Climb Positive Podcast, where you climb to your dreams and your highest summits. Welcome to the podcast today. I have none other than Stan Phelps, who is the author and a Forbes contributor. He does TEDx speaking. He's an IBM futurist, a certified speaking professional, and a best-selling author of the Goldfish series. He's an instructor for the ANA School of Marketing and Rutgers Business School. I'd like to welcome you all to this podcast, and let's welcome Stan Phelps. Great, great to be here. Looking forward to the conversation. Glad to have you here today, Stan. And Stan, I think you're a great person to have on this podcast. You've done a lot to uplift people. I'm I'm so impressed and on what you've done, written all these books in regards to helping people create their business and truly making a difference in the world for a lot of different people. And props to you, Stan Phelps, for all you've done. Thank yeah. you so much for doing that. Thank you. It's been it's been quite a, a you know, kind of a voyage and journey of discovery over the last nine years with the goldfish series of books. So uh, happy to share some of kind of the things I've learned along the way. Thank you, Stan. And your goldfish series, I, I think that's really where we, really where we want to dig in today because it has made such a difference for people. You have a, the series follows a group of colors and the theme is goldfish. And you have books such as the pink goldfish, the green goldfish, the red goldfish, and they go into areas such as technology. And your newest one, I believe, and you can correct me on that, the pink goldfish really goes into being unique in your authentic self. It's a true differentiation, and business is rare, is what you say. And we are now living in an age of equivalency. Businesses need to find ways to stand out. And that's part of your pink goldfish. I think the pink goldfish is really important for people these days because what we're having is we're having information overload. And a lot of people may be in that situation where they just can't stand out. Right. And differentiation is is really at the heart of all of marketing. And so not only from a business perspective, but from our own personal self and a branding perspective, and pink is all about the idea of how do we define normal? How do we exploit our imperfections and our flaws? Because what my co-author and I have found, Nicholas, is that looking at over 300 brands that are highly differentiated, what we found is that their flaws are actually the things that make them awesome, or what we call the idea of being flawsome. Flossum, that is a great term. I really like that. And for those who don't like flossing their teeth, this is definitely looks like a great book to really start getting into that mindset of being unique and making a difference and really going out there and doing that. I think if you're someone who's trying to be positive in the world, uh, who's really trying to make a difference like you, Stan, you have to stand out and be unique. What is some ways that someone could deliver positivity to the world using your book, uh, this Pink Goldfish book that you've worked so hard on. 
and even some of the other the other concepts of your book, how could they use your books to kind of deliver that impact and positivity, whether it's for their business or just personally? Sure. So the the, the crux of the book, my co-author wrote a great book called Freak Factor. And it's the idea that every weakness has a corresponding strength and that what makes us weird is what makes us wonderful. And so the, the first step, I think we have an assessment in the book, is really uh, the first A in, in this process is this idea of becoming aware of what makes you unique. And so it's looking at all of your strengths as well as all of your weaknesses. And what we found is that it's really hard to try to, everyone tries to do the same thing, right? In business is we benchmark whoever the leader is, right? Or this idea of what normal is. And we start, whether we know it or not, we start to copy those things. And all of a sudden we start to to strand ourselves in what I would call a sea of sameness. As opposed to actually leaning into the things that already make us unique and finding ways that we can do more of that uniqueness or do less of what everyone else does as the normal course of business. And and that's really the only two ways that you can stand out and be different is to lean and do more of what makes you unique or sometimes doing less of what everyone else does as normal. Well, sometimes less is more is kind of that concept there. And when it comes to that method, that you're the floss method, can you describe that a little bit more to the audience? Yeah, so flossum is actually a combination of flaws and awesome. But what we found is that there's roughly about eight ways that you can do it. And FLOSSOM is also an acronym for each of the eight ways. So the, the first way is what we call flaunting. That's the F in FLOSSOM. And flaunting is the idea of kind of owning who you are and not being afraid to put it out there for everyone to see. Uh, the L is called lopsiding. And lopsiding is, is doubling and tripling down, you know, doing more of what makes you unique. The A is a fun one. The A is called antagonizing. And antagonizing is interesting. We feel, you know, in business and even ourselves, we don't want to ruffle feathers, right? We want to be liked by everyone. But here's the thing. If you try to be for everyone, you end up being for no one, right? If you try to be all things to all people, you never stand out in any area. So antagonizing is a fun way of saying, who maybe is outside of our target? And if we can actually even, you know, do it in a tasteful way, but if we can repel some of those people that we never wanted as customers, that's actually going to attract those that are in our target market. The W in Flossom is what we call withholding. And the withholding is the doing less strategy. So a great example, Chick-fil-A, not open on Sundays. 
Um, that's an interesting idea of actually pulling back and doing less of what everyone else just does as the normal course of business. The, the S is what we call swerving. And swerving is this idea of, of doing either a little more or a little less, but it's not quite as severe as lopsiding or withholding. The O is called opposing. So when everyone starts to kind of follow the leader, some, some brands and some individuals will go in the exact opposite direction. And many times the opposite of a good thing is also a good thing. The, the M in Flossum is micro-weirding. And micro-weirding is about the little things that you do. So really small things. And this is, I love this. It's the little touches that you do to accentuate what makes you unique. And so it may be just something small that you do as part of the experience that you provide for your customers. And the last bit is what we call the E in Flossum is, is exposing. And exposing is about really being your best authentic self. It's owning who you are and not being afraid to put it out there. It's kind of like flaunting, but it's even a little bit more introspective of being open and transparent with who you are. So in the book, we have got some great examples of of companies that actually call out their one-star reviews as a way of exposing what makes them unique. The authentic self. I'm seeing. I'm seeing a theme here. Is is you got to bring out your authentic self, and if you're not doing that, then it's possible that you're not doing enough, even for your what you're trying to do as an organization, a business, or even an individual. I think this really goes. That's why your book is so important for people to pick up the Pink Goldfish, and you have all these other books that kind of go deeper into some other topics. But I, I think this one really provides that unique perspective of finding your authentic self in an environment where it's tough to stand out. And we're absolutely, yeah, we're in a world of social media where Facebook ads are becoming more and more expensive. Google ads are becoming more and more expensive. You've really got to connect with your audience these days, whether that's through LinkedIn directly. Um, in other situations, new social media platforms that maybe are not as big that you have to kind of connect. And I'm seeing a trend here where your book would come into play, that we're living in an age where everything's the same. You say equivalency, and businesses need to find ways to stand out. And that comes down to even if you're an individual, how are you branding, your, how are you branding right. yourself yeah. as an individual? How are you owning who you are? And becoming the best version of yourself, right? Not conforming to what other people think is the norm. You know, I think that's one of the challenges that we have. You know, there's been some great studies, Nicholas, that show that only about 3% of people actually have the ability to think and act differently. And the other 97% are kind of are, are locked into this box, you know, where they're constrained by the norms of, of their industry, right? What's quote unquote considered normal. 
whether that's the social norms, the legal norms, the ethical norms, it's only the 3% that are able to expand that box and being able to think about ways that they can get outside of it in order either to do more or in some instances do less in order to shatter that box. Right. And if you're not doing these things, like you're saying, you're going to be siloed. That siloed approach. I think we've kind of read that business books. If you, if anyone's a business major listening to this podcast, just from an enterprise risk management standpoint, and just an individual risk management standpoint, you don't want to get siloed into a box. And I think you make a good point with the 97% of people you throw that in with your content creation, you're reaching more people because not a lot of people create content. Right. So that's one other category you get on top of that is, are you creating content? Are you dip, How are you out there creating a differentiation in your business, which is rare? And I think a lot of companies and individuals who are trying to maybe promote a cause even, they get kind of boxed into what has worked in the past? Well, is that going to work today? What are some ways that we're kind of a new environment after the past year of 2020? What are some ways people can kind of grow from that and differentiate themselves? Yeah, absolutely. There's a great story that we talk about in the book. And it, it's a story, Nicholas, that goes back like 600 years. You've got to go all the way back to the 16th century. And in Japan... There was a Japanese shogun, and his name was Ashikaga Yoshimasa. And he had a favorite tea bowl. Think about, you know, you might have been given like a coffee mug or something that's like irreplaceable, right? Like your absolute favorite. Well, that was the case for the tea bowl with Ashikaga. And one day he wasn't paying attention, and it got knocked over, and it shattered into pieces on the floor. And so, Nicholas, what would you do if your favorite coffee mug, you know, that you can't replace shatters? What would you do? My first reaction is I have to go make another cup of coffee. There's probably coffee in that. My second reaction is I'd probably be in tears because I've had that coffee mug. I have so much emotion built up into that coffee right. mug over the years. It's been with, been with me. Right. And, and if you're like me, the next step is you go and get the crazy glue, right? Because maybe this time you could salvage it. Well, that's exactly what Ashikaga did. He set it out to get fixed. And it came back like two days later. And he held it in his hands and his heart sank. You know, when they had repaired it, they used this black, coarse, ugly glue. Um, they use actual metal staples to put it to put it back together, and that that wasn't good enough for Ashikaga. So he called his best craftsmen in the entire Osaka region, and he called them all into this room, and he gave it to him, and he gave him the challenge. He said, "You, you have to fix this." And so they went away for two weeks, Nicholas, and they meticulously took it apart, the bowl, and they cleaned it. And then using lacquer and gold, they meticulously put it back together. 
And then when they came back two weeks later and they gave it to Ashikaga and he held it in his hands, his heart leapt. He was so happy. It was even better now. If you can imagine this thing with these golden seams, Nicholas, and, and he was so happy and, and that ended up becoming an art form in Japan called Kintsugi. And it's, it literally means in Japanese, it's two words. It means golden joinery. And we love this as, as such a strong metaphor is that, you know, it wasn't better because it was broken, right, and flawed. If that was the case, it would have been fine the first time, right? It was better, Nicholas, because of the attention that was paid to the flaws, not to conceal those flaws, right, but to illuminate those flaws and actually exaggerate them and bring them to life. And so that really is the metaphor for the entire pink goldfish philosophy. And kind of an interesting footnote is that this became such a big thing in Japan that collectors would take perfectly good pieces of pottery. You know what they'd do, Nicholas? They'd smash them so they could apply the technique of kintsugi. Um, and so that is one concept that we talk about in the book, the idea of illuminating your flaws and amplifying your flaws or another concept that's called wabi-sabi. And wabi-sabi is a really interesting, another Japanese concept. It's the idea that nature is beautiful, but nature is imperfect. And it's the imperfection that actually makes it unique and interesting. And so that that is also kind of this idea of, of creating intentional imperfection. So imagine if you were, say, creating a, uh, you know, you were a woodworker and you were creating a coffee table. You might actually select a piece of wood that actually has a knot in it because that knot makes it, you know, imperfect and unique and gives it character and beauty rather than trying to make it perfect. You might you might make a, a bowl, and you actually might put a nick in the bowl on purpose. And so it's the idea of not only Kintsugi's about what you have inside of you, bringing it out, and Wabi-Sabi's about more of creating intentional imperfection. Um, so we're passionate about both of those things as two really guiding lights for standing out and being different. Stan, you, you, you mentioned this concept of bringing your flaws and using those as strengths. And I think that's such a valuable concept to have, especially in this world where it's a lot more digital, it's a lot more social media based, and you're trying to go out there. And especially after 2020, I think a lot of people are growing from that year as a person just in general, in this book, really the pink goldfish really brings that to light of finding your new, unique self through those challenges. And as we we grow through those and we find our strengths, we find our uniqueness, I think people also kind of see this 
ideas, oh, should I go on Facebook Live or should I go on a live session? And they're worried about their flaws and how they're going to be seen. Uh, and I think that's kind of the new trend in marketing from your perspective. You're definitely a mark. You have a sports background and, uh, I'm, and you've been through that. You've seen how that works from a marketing perspective. And now you're seeing this authenticity drive in marketing and becoming a person that is unique or even a company that's able to provide uniqueness and just being real in general, you you hit upon those concepts and the pink goldfish. It's a, how, how are people these days going to be able to kind of implement these steps in their lives? Like what, what are some things they should be doing to right. take it to the next level to implement the concepts that you have in the pink goldfish? Yeah, so let, let's talk about social media because I think that's something that everyone can relate to, right? You're you're a business. You know that this is a way that you can have authentic conversations, right, with your customers, right? Um, and it's a place where your customers are. And so one of the strategies would be, well, the norm is to have a presence in Facebook and have an Instagram account and to be on LinkedIn and have a showcase page and, you know, to do Facebook live. And you start to think about that would be like all consuming. And even if you tried to do that, you probably end up doing a pretty poor job across those, you know, six or seven or eight, you know, we've got to be on clubhouse because now everyone is on clubhouse. The pink goldfish would say, no, you know, figure out from the customers that you have, where's the predominant place that they are? And then the pink goldfish philosophy would be this is instead of trying to be in six or seven different places, why don't we actually do one really well? Like, why don't we lopside our efforts in this specific place? as a way to stand out amongst everyone else. And in fact, part of that, because you're doubling and tripling down, say on LinkedIn, that's a strategy that I use. I don't hardly do anything on Facebook. So I'm actually withholding my efforts on Facebook and I'm redistributing that time and those resources and the effort into a place that I really want to make a difference. And so I think, you know, I think video is a very much underused media within all of social media. One, because if you do, you do video, you're going to stand out in the top 1%. The platforms value video. So the algorithm is based upon helping you promote that message. And you, you hit the nail on the head, Nicholas, when you do video, you, t you have to be more authentic and genuine. It's, it's much more, uh, revealing than just putting up a picture with a cute quote or a link to something. Right. Um, so you, that would be a way that I, when we talk about the idea of the pink goldfish, figuring out where you really want to go deep on 
and being not being afraid to put yourself out there and and flaunt who you are uh we we think of flaunt is actually a very positive thing not a negative thing and the definition from webster's that we like is this idea of parading without shame like truly owning who you are and showing up and owning it And that goes right back to your stand that your uniqueness factor and owning up to it and to go in front of your audience. And I think a lot of times when you use video, you are able to go in front of your audience. They see who you are as a person because people can read through, especially these days, more than ever, people can read through those. We've all seen those cooked up marketing commercials. We see them every day on TV. And I would, I think you would agree, Stan, that is not the route to go when you're trying to bring your authentic self. No, no, absolutely. Yeah. So being real in front of your audience, making sure that you're providing your uniqueness is what the Pink Goldfish is all about and being authentic and standing out. So a lot different these days than what it has been in the past when it comes to showing up, especially this new world we live in. We seem to have been put 20 years into the future when it comes to how we work. I work from home now. A lot of people are working from home now. They're consuming content a lot differently. The information overload, you could argue, is even more than it used to be. Right. So how are you, as a person, why not bring your authentic self is one of the things we're getting to here. Why not bring to the world who you are as a person, who you are as a company? What are your values? What do you stand for? What do you want to be as a company? Is And that's that's exactly what you're doing. It's a, it's a value-based approach of who you are standing for as a person. Yeah, and it's it's being authentic with why you do what you do and who you are. And I have an entire book in the series called The Red Goldfish that I wrote with Graham Newell that's all about this idea of becoming a for-purpose business. And I believe that we're five years away from no longer looking at businesses solely based on their tax filing status. You know, 30 years ago, you had two choices. You were a for-profit or you were a non-profit, right? And here's the thing, the the people that worked in non-profit, right? They had the, you know, they were very much purpose-based, right? That was the that that was their mission to achieve that, but they struggled in terms of being able to to fundraise and be able to make that work. Or there was the the for profit side, right? Everything that you did was designed to generate profit and maximize return. Well, I think now with B Corps, um, you know, corporate social responsibility. Even nonprofits that are doing more of a revenue model to be able to sustain what they do, that we're we're not that far away, Nicholas, from look simply looking at a business and go, 
That is a for-purpose business, and that one is a not-for-purpose business. And the research bears this out. People want to do business with, and they want to be able to be part of and work for those that are for-purpose. So the more that you can kind of put that out there, purpose becomes what I believe is going to be the ultimate differentiator in business. What is your why? Why are you doing something? Going really deep into it. It's not, I think nowadays customers, even if you're a nonprofit, people can read right through it. And like you said in the pink goldfish, you're authentic company your authentic organization that's what's going to shine through it's these types of conversations it's the conversations where you're connecting with people maybe as a company you can go out there and connect directly kind of like cold calling and the with marketing but you're actually going out on social media and you're connecting directly with the newest social media apps because what what i'm seeing today is a trend saying is a lot of companies seem to be missing it on the newer social media apps. Such, So there seems to be almost this idea that you can only connect with these certain Facebook, you can only connect on LinkedIn, but there's all these new upright, there's all these new social media apps that are coming out that the younger generation's on. And it's an entirely different world on those. And I think companies really need to make sure they're still connecting in on those apps and I'm not seeing that. I really do think there's an opportunity for companies, whether you're nonprofits or not, uh, to connect more on those apps, such as Snapchat, TikTok, where the younger generation's at, even Instagram. So, right. How, how, yeah, video, video, I think going forward is going to be a bigger and bigger factor. Yeah. From that unique pr- approach. So, bringing your authentic self and going down that route are entirely important so you had a sports background who's your favorite team (laughs) so i i grew up in new york and so and i grew up playing baseball so my my favorite team is the yankees which oh no you know either 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 people are with me and love them or they hate them no one is indifferent about the new york yankees and in my former life i used to work I worked for over eight years with Adidas or anywhere else in the world that's listening right now, Adidas. Uh, and um, Adidas had this big partnership with the Yankees. And so one of my most treasured times of working with a brand was I managed that relationship for Adidas with the New York Yankees. And my office was actually in the stadium. Wow. And so I was I was involved for three different seasons, 98, 99, and 2000, of which was an embarrassment of riches. The Yankees won the World Series all three of those years. I'm a Cardinals fan, and I, I, I remember those that, that era in baseball. It was such a magical period. I was actually lucky enough to go to Mark McGuire's 62 when he hit 16 oh, uh, Yeah, it was just a lucky game. And uh, we had random tickets that year, and it just happened to fall on that date. And Sammy Sosa was there and Mark McGuire, and that ball got cracked over the wall, and it just 
barely disappeared. Wow, that wild. That's cool. What did he end up at like seventy that year? It was seventy, yeah. Yeah, that's amazing. That's amazing. But so yeah, so, so, so Yan- Yankees are my Yankees are my jam. Yeah, magical time in baseball for sure. So, is there anything you want to close on, Stan? You got? I want to get your books out there. So, because this is these are some really good books, everyone. So he has Stan. If you want to elaborate a little bit further, but you have the purple goldfish, and that's that's about. And I'll let you elaborate a little bit on those. So, Phil, yeah, in. Pur- purple is kind of the where it all started. Purple is about the idea of differentiation through customer experience. So your you know your brand today is not what you tell people it is. It's what your customers experience. Um, it's the experience that your employees deliver. It's what you stand for. Um, and most importantly, it's it's what your customers tell others about their experience. Um, so the first one is purple, green, which was the second in the series, is all about the little things that you do for your employees. So that was based on the realization that you can't have happy customers unless you have happy, engaged team members. Uh, the golden goldfish was about the idea of taking care of your your top 20%, what I consider your vital few. Um, you don't treat everyone the same, but you treat your top employees and your top customers differently. And then the rest of the series, I've explored things like technology and its role in creating an experience. Uh, red, which is about purpose. Pink which is the one I'm most passionate about. It's about being more authentic, embracing what makes you different, weird and unique. Uh, And then I've done things like the gray goldfish, which is about generational insights. Yellow was about happiness. And that may be the ultimate metric in business. Are you making your employees, your customers, and your suppliers and your shareholders happy? and then my last two have been about sales and communication. One is called the diamond goldfish, and the other is called the silver goldfish. Ten different colors, 16 different books in the series. Incredible, Stan. And what just be, what drove you to write these books? I'm just, I think a lot of people would be curious. What motivates someone like you to create this series. Yeah. So my why is I, you know, I spent two decades in marketing. I saw marketing changing, you know, marketing for the most part has always been about trying to grab attention from the prospect. Yet we, we know deep down in our hearts that the best marketing that we can ever do is the marketing that comes via word of mouth. When we get referrals and customers that come from current customers, by far the best form of marketing, but most companies have little or no strategy for word of mouth. And so my effort was, I thought this idea of, there's a, there's a word that comes from New Orleans, Nicholas, called Lanyap. Have you ever heard of Lanyap before? I have not. So Lanyap 
dates all the way back to the 1800s. And it's this idea of, literally it's a Creole word. It literally means the gift or to give more. And it's the idea that when you're doing business in New Orleans or in Southeast Louisiana, it's customary for the business to do a little something extra that gets added. Something that goes above and beyond the transaction to honor the relationship with the customer. And so I truly believe that this concept, this idea of doing that signature little extra could be that vehicle that helps spur that word of mouth. And so for, it's, it sounds weird now, but about a dozen years ago, and while I was still working a, a full-time job, I decided that I was going to explore this concept. And I was going to crowdsource a thousand and one examples of customer lanyard. And the metaphor I used for it was a, paint, a purple goldfish. Um, and I, it took me a little over two years to collect and crowdsource over a thousand examples. But when you do that, you start to see the patterns of how you can do it. And there's 10 different ways that you can actually employ this concept of lanyard in business. And that kind of started the first book within the series that kind of led to the next revelation. And next thing you know, that there's 10 different colors and amazing, many, too many books. An amazing story, Stan. And I, I'm so impressed by your collection of books here because they really go straight to the point of what people really need to do to be successful and business, and even life in general, because these all, a lot of people think that business books and stuff like that do not apply as much life, but they are actually the definition of everything that happens in life, how people, how people are and how they, they, how people respond. And I think this hits that right on the nail. And I'm, I think your book, right? You're going the extra mile for people, but the purple goldfish go the extra mile for someone, make a difference in someone's life. And that's about uplifting people and bringing that positivity. And in the end, you have the book about happiness and the yellow goldfish and doing that little extra thing to help make people happy. That all kind of ties in. So to what this entire series is bringing is a concept to make people happier, to make the world a better place to uncover how you can do that right. by deepening your relationships with people in the end, right? Isn't that the key? Yeah, it's absolutely. It's the idea, I believe, that all great business <clears throat> is about relationships. And too often we get sucked into this transactional mindset. And it's all about trying to extract value. Well, I'm not saying that we, we have to let go of that. What I advocate for is for businesses to think about little ways that they can do that little extra that honors the relationship. And, and I love this, Nicholas. I'm a, I'm a big Mark Twain fan. And he spent time in New Orleans back in the 1840s. And he said that, I love this, he said, 
when he when he heard the word lanyap, he wrote in his autobiography that it was a word worth traveling to New Orleans to get. Um, and so I, you know, it's just been an honor for me to be able to share that message um, and get people to think beyond just the transaction about the little ways that they can drive more of the relationship that brings them the customers that they actually want. And makes you a better person in the long run because you are doing more. You're bringing that positivity to the world because you are going the extra mile and you're making people happy. Like you said, you say in the yellow goldfish. Well, Stan, I, I really do appreciate coming on here, talking to me on this podcast. Uh, I found you, I found you through the marketing book podcast by Douglas Bernard. So I just want to give him props. And that's how I originally yeah, found Douglas. you. Yep. Shout out to Douglas. And I just want to thank you so much for coming on. Is there anything else you'd like to add to close out and to, about uplifting people and how your content, your books, your message can reach out and then how people can contact you? Um, no, other than, you know, I would encourage if people want to learn more, you can go on Amazon. Believe it or not, I'm the only person that's ever written a book called The Pink Goldfish or The Purple Goldfish. Um, and then my my website is stanphelps.com. So no relation to the Olympic swimmer, Nicholas. Um, stanphelps.com. Not to be confused with Michael Phelps. Right. Well, Stan, I think thank you so much um, coming on the Climb Positive Podcast. The whole goal of this podcast is to help people climb their dreams and highest summits. And I think you have just this tremendous message. So please, guys, check check Stan out, and I'll link all his books, his website um, on climbpositive.com so you guys can go see that. But did you? One thing I wanted to add, because we talk about being positive and climbing, is, and I'm going to paraphrase, this is, this is a great quote from Brianna West. Um, she says, many times, right, we see that the mountain in front of us is so, looks so daunting, right? And that climb can be so difficult. But a few years from now, right, when we get past this mountain and we look back, that mountain is hardly visible in the distance, right? And what's going to be important is who we became and what we overcame to be able to get over that mountain. And ultimately, isn't that the metaphor of why we, we climb? great message stan and i think everyone who listens to this will appreciate it you guys can find stan at stanphelps.com also check out his books the pink goldfish you can start there purple goldfish green goldfish just go search for him his message is incredible he's going to help you become a better person and he's going to help you grow your business if you're starting a business in 2021 or you already have a business stan appreciate it so much. I don't think I'm missing anything else. 
No. All right. Thanks for having me. It's been a pleasure. Thank you so much, Dan. Have a... Thank you.